Okay, um, we're joined on the phone by um, Nia Weeks, director of Citizen She United from their website. Um, Citizen She builds um, an aligned base of black women who inform, advocate for, and enact a collective policy agenda to address the needs of black women across the state of Louisiana. The membership-based organization is weaving a new tapestry of politically activated black women who all will become Louisiana's advocates, operatives, decision makers, and power brokers. She's work reorganizes Louisiana's political power structures to recognize black women as activists, leaders, and elected officials who represent a crucial base of power. She's strategy includes leadership development, policy creation, collective advocacy, cultivating candidates, training campaigners, mobilizing black voters, and engaging elected officials. Neo Weeks, thank you so much for speaking with us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so first of all, could you tell us a little more um, about uh, how the idea, both how the idea for citizenship came about and what your work, um, your awesome work that's going on looks like these days? Yes, yeah, so um, it actually was birthed out of the amazing uh, Women's Division. Um, I was working there as the inaugural policy director and after receiving the organization received a grant from Groundswell um, to do DOCD work with um, the fourth Seventh Ward, local Tennessee voters um, in Orleans Parish, um, and were highly successful, increasing the low voter, voter turnout rate um, in the first six years uh, by 50%. Um, and so I was like, how can we take this um, uh, idea that the needs of the black women that we're talking to and advocating with and push it even further? Mm -hmm. What would it look like if the people we were organizing, um, the communities we were organizing, weren't just voting for people who said that they uh, supported their interests, but they actually were the people um, that were in uh, positions of power. And so, she, the idea of it was was, was birthed from, from that, and it has been one of the most remarkable journeys I've ever taken. Mm -hmm. Um, what, so, so in that time that you've been, that, that you've been doing that work, like what kind of, what have your campaigns looked like? Well, so our very, very first, um, actual campaign, um, was the Amendment 2. Mm -hmm. Um, it, you know, we had just, uh, started formulating, you know, all the pieces of how she was going to work. And, um, the ballot is right, it's literally like right when we were doing our big launch, um, the ballot initiative, uh, came up. Um, and there was an opportunity for us to organize with uh, North Louisiana. And one thing that I've been saying, you know, New Orleans and Baton Rouge are, you know, are easier to organize, but it's our outlying parishes, um, especially North Louisiana, that really were doing some dynamic work, just needed some support and infrastructure to help them really elevate what they had already been doing. Mm -hmm. um, and so we seized that opportunity. Um, I hired a young um, activist and operative, Candace Baptiste, mm -hmm. um, who really understood what it meant to organize with local Tennessee voters, really understood what it meant to organize black community um, and, and black women in a very um, intentional way. Um, we hired, um, you know, mostly black women. Um, you know, a lot of young black men joined our cause um, to do the door knocking. And we gave mm -hmm. permission uh, to, to move how they need to move their own communities. You know, we didn't really try to structure it out. Um, from you know, from our perspective, we allowed them to lead us um, mm -hmm. from there. Um, we knocked um, almost oh goodness, five thousand doors, made almost eight thousand phone calls wow. in that campaign. Seventy percent of uh, Cato parents came out and said yes on Amendment Two, and um, they had the highest voters turnout in that election um, in the state. Wow! So really, really proud of that work. 
And that was a huge, I mean, that was a huge, I mean, in, in a way, I, I mean, to me, that feels like sort of a paradigm shifting um, elect, vote, too, to end, you know, 90 unanimous juries is a huge, huge thing, which it seemed, I feel like the repercussions of that were still just starting to feel. We are. <laughs> that is very real. And, you know, it, 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 it kind of ignited, um, you know, fire, I think, in that area that the rest of Louisiana does see that. Uh-huh. Um, and the rest of Louisiana um, does believe that they are who, you know, who they want to be. Um, and so there's been a lot more resources, a lot more organizations that have gone up there and organized with them. And, you know, we look at the current election um, and what carried um, John Bell Edwards' victory, one of the cities was Shreveport. Uh-huh. And so it just shows, you know, when you believe in people, um, when you allow communities to navigate and trust that they know exactly what they're doing, they are the experts in their own lives, right, and give them the resources to really push that forward, you can have incredible results. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I'm, I'm interested, I mean, since you started talking about the recent election, I'm, I'm, I'm just interested, you know, this is the first show that I've done um, since the November election happened. Um, and I'm interested to hear mm-hmm. sort of your take on what happened. It feels like there was some, I mean, um, um, Jumbo Edwards won by a very narrow margin, but I'm, I'm curious about sort of your, your take on, on the outcome and, and where, where November 16th leaves us. Mm-hmm. You know, I have been saying for a long time that the one thing that Louisiana needed uh, to really push the propel movement forward was we needed a big win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we watched other cities, other states have incredible wins and federal campaigns um, and really um, were celebrating along with them, but we needed our own celebration ourselves that was rooted in people community. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, there are a lot of orgs that put in a lot of groundwork for a very long time. Um, Power Coalition put in a lot of groundwork. I think they touched 900,000 people. Um, that wow. was inclusive of um, the voice, vote, voice of the experience, um, who had passed legislation um, last session uh, getting people who were formerly incarcerated or are in probation and parole the ability to vote mm-hmm. and then organizing around what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, you know, Women's Division was doing their door knocking in Orleans Carriage, organizing with Pensive Black Women. Like, I mean, the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Of the orgs that were really doing these guys into their particular niche and pulling people out. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there wasn't as much of an investment from the party. There wasn't a lot of investment from the state. There wasn't a lot of investment from political operatives um, that had a lot of resources into that kind of strategy, that there was a belief that the communities that are considered low prevention voters, you, know, you pour the resources in, but you're not going to get the results back. Right. Um, it kind of bit him, you know, in the nose um, in the primary, right? Yeah. You know, Edwards almost lost the primary. Um, and then there was this, you know, continued, there was a, a sudden investment from, you know, those parties. But the community was very clear about what happened and organically started navigating and moving themselves in ways to push the people that they cared about, who they knew um, had not voted Mm-hmm. Vote, right? Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting things that I was watching. I was watching um, high schools bringing buses of students to vote for the first time. Uh-huh. Southern brought a bus full of students to vote for the very first time. Um, you know, they were high school doing shout-outs on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I see you, Franklin. Uh-huh. You know, Carver's going to come, you know. And that was incredible and organic. Yeah. And, you know, and people, you know, really understood what was going on. And that we still only get 
just over 50% of the state. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot of work to do, but it's proof that if we move the needle even a little bit, we can have miraculous results. Yeah. Do you do you see? Uh, I mean, I, you know, maybe this is like not even <laughs> worth worth thinking. You know, like like it's beyond sort of like the mobilization strategies here in in Louisiana and, and sort of the more grassroots organic thing. But do you see like the Democratic Party, for example, paying attention to that at all? Because I remember that was a critique in twenty sixteen too, where there was sort of this like, you know, almost just like full stop ignorance of what was going on in Louisiana, mm-hmm. um, as what you're saying mm-hmm. is sort of what was happening again this year. Yep. And I think I think what's happening differently is that that, that is being recognized. Mm-hmm. You know, that that, that gap mm-hmm. that's happened. I don't I'm not sure if you know where the the party has made the connection, but I know that the community has made the connection. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, I've seen and been inundated with, you know, organizing and needing strategy and people wanting to come together and being thoughtful about twenty twenty and mm-hmm. what's gonna look like moving forward and what's gonna look like, you know, from this moment on, what the session is going to look like now that we don't have a supermajority. Mm-hmm. You know, people people are starting to think about how to encapsulate the power that they feel they know they have. Yeah. Um, and how to, you know, use that to push something different forward. And that's when I was saying that we needed a big win. That's why we needed a big win. So that people can feel the presence of their power and what their power could do and then organize and want to organize and mobilize forward in that perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and sort of going off from there, I mean, I, I'm curious sort of what that looks like uh, in, in, from, from your perspective, I mean, both thinking about, um, about, you know, upcoming electoral politics, but just generally thinking about political mobilization, like what comes next? And, mm-hmm. and, and as part of that, I'm also curious your thoughts on, you know, I know um, Arduin won the Secretary of State race, and I think that a concern about that is sort of a conservatism around how elections are going to be yeah. happening. So, like, what does that play mm-hmm. in, and, like, what do the next steps look like? Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's a both-end strategy. You know, there are strategies that are being developed around voter registration, but also, like, checking, you know, the voter rolls on a consistent basis, yeah. you know, creating platforms for, um, you know, being able to... Um, navigate people through ideas around voter suppression. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that I didn't realize that people thought that you needed a Louisiana ID to vote. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, it doesn't have to be a Louisiana ID. It has to be a state ID. That's any state. Okay. Um, and so, you know, that there were a lot of um, barriers and that information wasn't being put out. You know, because we're post-Shelby, because we have, a, you know, Republican yeah. as a Secretary of State, we have to be ever vigilant about that. And that's its own strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as mobilization, it really is um, starting, you know, real movements that are centered around the people um, in this state. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like, for instance, you know, what Sister She is doing, where we have a radio, a, a Facebook live show that we do every Wednesday, actually mm-hmm. this Wednesday, today, from 5 to 5.45. We're at Second Buying Wine, talking black women in politics while we drink some wine. Mm-hmm. It's real talk, um, you know, and just really um, keeping people continuously engaged, different guest hosts every week and keeping people continuously engaged. Um, we're doing, you know, digital campaigns. We're going to be doing digital campaigns um, throughout the year, organizing during the session, organizing people around things that are important to them mm-hmm. and figuring out studies on how to move those issues for them in a real contextual way to get civic engagement resting in people's bones. Because mm-hmm. um, if we can do that, then we don't have as much to overcome when it comes to the election cycle um, that starts in late summer. Yeah, yeah. Like if people are sort of, you know, if there's movements around 
entering the election cycle, then there's sort of a, a, a direction that that's that's there's there's momentum behind. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and who? So you, you're talking a little bit about the about the the um, Facebook series. Um, what's 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 on tap for tonight specifically? We we're talking about the election. Oh um, yeah. I have Nandi Campbell. <laughs> I I love Nandi. Nandi is a local attorney. Um, pretty pretty bad chick um, that has been a mentor to me um, as a criminal defense attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, I I tell people if you you know. If you if you want the result that you want, or you know the best person advocating for you, it's Nandi. She's she's an incredible woman, incredible advocate, um, a graduate of Emerge, um, and really has a really keen eye on um, politics and black women. Um, and so, really excited to have her. We're going to be talking about the election um, with next. Uh, there's also a debate tonight, so we'll be talking a little bit about um, you know what to look for during those debates. Um, you know, what, what kind of things you should, you know, be listening for, you know, when candidates speak, um, mm-hmm. you know, about their verbiage and their language and the things that are important to you. So, yeah, it's going to be all of that in 45 minutes. <laughs> That's good. I'm curious if you'd want to if you'd want to give a, a little preview about about sort of what, what you're advising folks to look for when watching the debates. Yeah, and so it, 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 it's really interesting. I, I, I am a, I, I will not say what candidates I am really advocating for because it, 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 it's very um it's still very fluid mm-hmm. i will say though that there's a lot you know there's looking for who's not there mm-hmm. and wondering why they're not there yeah. is important yeah um you know really paying attention to the language that's used um and how they explain your know, ideology you know i i i was I, one of my favorite moments was when castro um started talking about trans um, men and women, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yep, bring that up." <laughs> yeah. And the way you know he explained it, and you know, and the respect um, that that like kept right there, I was like, "I know he has the right staff mm-hmm. that he's bringing in to help guide his language and verbiage and ideology. Mm-hmm. He knows that it's important to talk about you know these things because every community's voice needs to be present, thought about, and considered, mm-hmm. um, and then watching that being centered. So like. Watching how um, the um, issues that are important to you, right? Watch how your community is represented and talked about, mm-hmm. right? You know, that, those things are really important. You know, if a candidate, you know, there's an issue that comes up about, you know, women, and a candidate kind of brushes over and starts talking about something else, mm-hmm. that kind of means that they don't have a real analysis around that issue, mm-hmm. right? They don't have a real answer or that they prioritize whatever they're talking about over, you know, the having a you know discussion about women and learning more mm-hmm. that's key right because that also is key to how they would lead yes yeah. um and so you know the, all of those things are really important to pay attention to and 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 um, and keep on on, on your radar <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's, that all sounds like great advice. Um, and yeah, I mean, something that I'm sort of thinking about as you're saying that, that I remember being really struck by um, in the, you know, I was surprised that there were two um, separate like uh, candidate forums on LGBT issues, you know, and, and that I, I would, you know, be interested to hear your critiques of them because I certainly have a lot. Um, but um, but it was but one thing that came out of that was, you know, they were asking all the candidates about their perspective on SESTA and FOSTA and, you know, nobody really wanted to come out against it um but but it was interesting to see the the sort of different ways that people 
you know, at least knew what knew what it was, you know, or were willing to talk about it. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Exactly. But it's, it's it's an exciting time. You know, mm-hmm. it's an exciting space, and it's exciting that Louisiana has elevated itself to being at the top of the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a point in um, moment in time when you know raising money for she and raising money. You know, people are like, you know, I just don't know if Louisiana's going to do what they what you say they're going to do. I don't know if that capacity exists. And I'm like, it does. It really does. Yeah. Um, and so, thank you to the state for validating all of us that you know really believe in who we are. You know, I don't believe Louisiana's the worst of everything good and the best of everything bad. That is not the people that I interact with and react with and you know, that help me care for my children. Mm-hmm. That's not, um, you know, but but our policies reflect that. And so what needs to happen is we need to have the people, real people, in the position to making the policy decisions so that, you know, the policies can reflect the reality of the people that live here. Absolutely. Um, so, so moving towards wrapping up, I, 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 um, I am curious. So, you were talking about your web series a little bit, but I'm wondering if you have any other sort of like um, events coming up or, or, or particular things that people should should be keeping an eye on if they want to if they want to hear about what you're doing moving forward. Yes. So, I am actually um, really excited um, because um, one of my board members and a friend of ours, mm-hmm. um, Lauren Turner, has opened a dynamic new. Uh, theater mm-hmm. which is intentional about it's called um, oh my goodness she's gonna hurt me um, oh no dream de- oh the no, no dream deferred, deferred. Mm-hmm. no dream deferred and um, the intent of no dream deferred is to showcase um, black uh, written plays um, plays that are about black experience and her um, uh, lineup this year is kind of incredible yeah um, she's doing stuff with from shorty. Um, as a family in that book series um, and just really being intentional about, you know, like there's a Christmas play that's coming up that's really intentional about celebrating uh, Black Community Christmas. But her first one is this weekend. Opening day is on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But she's doing a um, special performance for Thursday and she on Friday. Oh, cool. Um, the name of the place in the red and brown water. It's a fundraiser for she, which she graciously did, and we're going to be celebrating all the black women that ran for office this year, and all the black women that supported um, candidates for office this year. Um, and so that is Friday. Um, you can go to our Facebook page, um, or you can go to um, go to their Facebook page and um, and buy tickets. It, it's going to be all over my personal page, Nia Weeks. Okay. Um, it's going to be all over Citizens United page. Um, you can buy tickets easy. It's limited seating. There's only 52 seats. Um, opening day has sold out. And so there's a lot of people filtering over to our show. Okay. Um, on Friday. So get your tickets. Um, it comes to Lauren's incredible production. Um, and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm really humbled that my friends would do that. Also, Glitterbox is doing a fundraiser um, this month. Five percent of the proceeds from Glitterbox this month will come to Citizen She. Um, so really, really grateful for the people at Glitterbox, the work that they do there. 150 um, artists that identify as women um, mm-hmm. in some way are um, are showcased in their in their store, and it is pretty incredible. The the makeup and the jewelry and the 
the artwork and the clothing. I mean, it was, I, I, I bought a calendar of badass uh, women, awesome. um, which I'm really excited about. And so, it's, you know, it's a really great space in the quarter on Royal. Okay. Um, and, and, yep. <laughs> Okay, awesome, cool, and then um, and then finally, just you you have a website um, in addition to a Facebook, and uh, it's uh, yes. what what is it? It is citizenkeyunited.com. Awesome. Super easy. Cool. The yes. The whole name.com. Citizenkeyunited.com. Very straightforward. And you know, we have information on there. There's a survey you can take. Um, you can sign up to to be a part of getting more information from us as we're moving this movement forward. Awesome. Well, Nia Weeks, thank you so very much for taking the time to speak with us this morning. Uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, and I'm definitely going to be tuning in this evening um, at 5 o'clock. At 5 o'clock? Thank you, Theo, and I will say you are one of my favorite human beings, and I appreciate <laughs> you so much. Well, likewise, thank you so much. Have a great one. All right, you too. Bye. Bye.